Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Fans of Power. I'm your host, Brian Ozone, along with my co-host, Joe Amato, and uh, we're also with uh, Tyler Baker today. What's going on, guys? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here again. Definitely Happy to have you. Oh yeah, ready to do some good talking on a lot of different stuff, but uh, we'll start off, uh, Brian, what kind of new news or things were you seeing going around? Yeah, well, I was just actually, uh, you know, browsing the net, and uh, I just saw that awesome new packaging for the uh, the new classics. I think that thing looks kick-ass, man. Um, they finally did it good this time, um, way better than what they gave us originally. Um, I think it's amazing. Isn't um, it kind of like a – is it a window box? Isn't that yeah. what it is? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a window box, but it, 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 it's um, – it's like an homage of like uh, of He-Man actually like holding the power sword and in the was, I have the power pose right yeah yeah it's it's chest. actually really cool I mean it's something that they should have did this uh, from the begin from the get go um, it's something really cool I mean uh, I dig it a lot I I, I really dig it a lot I I, I like uh, the style that they did I really like the the direction that they went in with this one. It, like the pack, I mean, just the packaging alone. It, it's the other cool thing is they use the vintage He-Man and the Masters of the Universe style font logo that we knew from the cartoon. Right. right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's on. He's in that pose, and I we had that in a discussion in one of the other podcasts where I said I'm not a min on card collector, but that kind of stuff. That's cool. I mean, I was like, man, I, when I get it, I'm not sure if I'll open it. And I've never really said that. I'm, I'm probably going to end up doing it. I don't know if it's going to have the ability of take them out and put them back in, but. I like ah, that. Maybe you buy two of them. <laughs> buy two. Tyler, do you know if that's a window? I mean, is it going to be to where you can take them out, put them back in? Did they say that? Or I, they... I haven't heard anything, and I I wouldn't yeah, think I don't it know. would be that that easy. I mean, I, I just I don't think you know Mattel's going to put that much uh, much of a large sum of money into making sure the packages we get are going to be resealable. I mean, I'd, if they were to offer that, I, I, like for a little extra money, I'm like, it wouldn't be so bad. Cause when we saw the packaging a while back, it looked extraordinary. And when I saw it today, that my first thought was I, I may keep this in package because it looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks really good, but you know, they, they, they put a ton of those, uh, those, those, uh, those plastic rubber bands and a, a ton of tape on it. So I would probably say it's uh non-removable. It's probably going to be, uh, you're either going to open it or you're going to keep it sealed. So, and that's what I like about it is what everybody's saying here is, you know, Tyler saying the same thing and you that you might even think about keeping them sealed. And I'm somebody that only usually buys one of each figure. That's it. But it, it's tempting to worry. I guess maybe I really would buy two when you were saying that. Maybe I would because I have to open them. I'm just no, I have to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You you, you got to feel them. You got to touch them. You got to play with them. But I mean, t it's just a cool box, man. It's just it, they really hit it out of the park with this one, man. It, it really looks cool. It, it it's something cool that a little cool on a, on a, on your shelf. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's something. And when's the date? That, uh, I mean, it comes out this February. month. Comes out this yeah, month. February. Yeah. Oh. All right, Jay. That makes me think too. With them going the, the extra mile of posing He-Man like that, well, they do that with Skeletor and Clawful, Evil In and Beastman, <laughs> and like very trademark. Like, will Beastman be hunched over in his packaging? You know, or, right? Or something like that. I think it's just it's a cool little touch for fans who who keep them in package that you get a little extra treat if you keep it in package because he's already in a classic pose. That yeah, would be. Who knows cool. what the future's going to bring with these figures now? You know, I mean, um. Um, 
everything I read so far today, it was a positive response. So, um, you know, and I like that because especially with you know the classics, how the packaging used to be, everybody oh. heard what they said. They said, "Yeah, that's oh," but everybody, yeah, they said just this packaging is bland. It's boring. There's nothing special about it. They didn't yeah. get into that. Just yeah. like the same thing for the 2000 and X figures. That wasn't anything special either. It's just I don't know what it was about the you know if it's nostalgia from when we were kids, but that original packaging just it just caught your eye. And then now this is cool to finally see something catch our eyes again it just gets you that feeling you had when you were a kid kind of oh yeah definitely without a doubt it's just, just it's it, it 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 just brings it back man it's just i don't know i i i like the direction it went in i think it's definitely uh a good nod you know i think they did i think they did an uh a really really good job with uh the packaging this time i think they uh you know they they uh they went to the table and uh, they thought of the best way of doing it, and uh, I think they did a really great way of doing it. I, I really do. I think uh, they, they did the best way that they could possibly think of. Definitely, and with all this that being shown, there was a one of our fans out there, uh, Willis Wheeler. He sent a link to us of the premium statue that Sideshow collectibles that they're going to be putting out of Skeletor and that's going to come out towards sometime between the end of you know 2016 early 2017 have you guys seen that statue no it was, I, it, what about you Tyler did you see that statue I, I saw it and then we realizing that it I, I, I won't even be able to probably see it in person you know because of the Exactly. I mean, but holy Jesus. I mean, there was a video of this and, you know, you could see it online. You could see it on site, <clears throat> and it, it will be four hundred and forty nine dollars. And yes, that's I mean, hey, if you could, I know it's like, but if you can afford it, go for it. I mean, I unfortunately I can't. I wish I could. That's but, a month's rent for me, man. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. The it's detail, a little expensive. Yeah, it's just the, the sculptors that what they put into that. I mean, that's how the characters ought to look. And if a movie ever got off the ground, see? that Skeletor and that's he, man, those, those that's two it. statues. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, it just, they made him look so absolutely evil and wicked. And that is what I wish I could see. Like you said, in a movie and the same thing for he, man, but the Skeletor, I, I think they said there's going to be two heads too. There's that real sinister one they sculpted. And then there's one that's kind of an homage to the filmation look, but not as if you want to say cartoony looking, but with the yellow look and maybe an open mouth look. But that's still just as wicked. So I mean, yeah. If, nobody, yeah if you guys haven't seen it out there, you know, go to sideshowcollectibles.com. Look at that that Skeletor statue. Dear God, that thing's nuts. And if you have the money, get it because it's uh, just—it's it, not even the money. It's just the space alone, man. I mean, I'd make huge. something like that if I had if I had the money to do it, boy. That that would be, it would be give, be given top billing in my collector's room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, all of those statues. I mean, the, those statues are they're all amazing. It's just you know space and uh, and money. I mean, they're they're pretty expensive, but uh, you know the the detail in them is amazing. I mean, they 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 did a good job with those as well. They yeah, really did. It is worth the money if you have it. I, I would not. Oh yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, if you have the money. I mean, they're just they're absolute monsters and. I mean, I haven't, I haven't got a statue. I think since the last one I got was, it was back when Neko, was it? Yeah, Neko when they had the it's giant. Oh, yeah, with the two thousand X. Uh, those are the last ones I got. I got the, uh, I didn't get the, uh, the big, 
the big versions, but I got like the uh the the the, the head busts. I got all those and mm-hmm. I got like the mini statues and I got the uh the uh gray skull drawbridge. That was about it. Other than that, like I said, they they just take up too much room. I never yeah, I wasn't able to get the drawbridge. I wanted that big door, would have been awesome. My favorite one, I I just loved how monstrous Clawful looked and that gigantic claw. His big green, his big green yeah. face. It was like, but I never could figure out quite how to. Maybe it's because I was scared of breaking. I never really wanted to put that weapon in his hand. I didn't. He don't like, need a. He didn't need a mace. No, he is a weapon. <laughs> yeah, Clawful he is. And we'll see. Why don't we talk about Clawful? Why don't you start off, Brian? What What do you think of Clawful? All his kind of different looks, or just him in general? Well, uh. I, I'll be honest with you. I think his staction version is pretty monstrous. Um, again, yeah, he don't need his mace. Uh, the mace is a good throwing, but I mean, his 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 claw alone is just a beautiful weapon and alone by itself. I mean, he's just a monstrous uh, version, and the staction version is is spot on. You know, it's huge. He's uh, he's big. He's menacing. He's evil. And uh, I think that that was a perfect version of him. And, and um, was he supposed it, to be? Was that supposed to be an action figure at one point before? I mean, for yes. the, oh, the 2000 line. Yeah, that was the continuation of the uh, the 2000 X line. It's just that the 2000 X line got canceled, so they uh, they just did the stations, and then that got canceled as well. So yeah, because he he's so intimidating looking, and that's what. That's what bugged me, I think, about MYP when they had cart, you know, I mean, Clawful in the cartoon, is he became this bumbling oaf. You know, somebody that looks like that, how he looks so monstrous. I mean, he has this, you know, right. super giant claw. I mean, it's like you're expecting a sinister villain because that that's how he was, like, it, you know, in the filmation cartoon. He wasn't an, an oaf, he wasn't a joke. That guy, I mean, he he wanted to, you know, take over. At one time, he I think he even said something about, you know, like he is following Skeletor, but not for long. He'd like to take over and even right, right. go bump in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, what were things you remembered about him, Tyler? I mean, like from the filmation cartoon too, because I, I know his portrayal was a lot different in that cartoon compared to MYP. I got a lot to say on this character because the character Clawful I hold dear to my heart ever since I was three. When I got the Clash of Arms mini comic, okay, um, because the and I'll I'll just I'll just go with go along with the car, the current uh, conversation of the cartoon, but um, I saw him in his his actual first appearance, which was Driel's return, mm-hmm. and of course when I see him in that perspective, that that sets the bar for how I expect to see him the rest of the series. That and Filmation did this a couple of times, and as a kid, I I, I kind of felt shortchanged to not see him working with Skeletor because. It's kind of what you come to expect, and as I get older, you're thinking they introduced Clawful working on his own, and he's recruited Trapjaw to help him, you know, take over Grayskull. They did the same mm-hmm. thing with Cobra Con and Web Store and uh, Disappearing Dragons. It's pretty cool to see the first time you see Clawful, he's working on his own. There's no mention of Skeletor. They went all the way to try to install the Horn of Evil, and here they are, like yeah. ready to attack yeah. Grayskull first. That's the first thing you see Clawful is he is. He is about as uh, commanding as Skeletor is, and that's the way he ought to be. And for the most part, he's portrayed like that throughout the entire series. And Witch and the Warrior, uh, um, uh, oh, shoot, Castle of Heroes, even though it's a small cameo, things that go bump in the night where he's, you know, 
talking about overthrowing Skeletor, and then I right. think season two in Trouble in Arcadia, he's got a, a appearance too in that. But um, he he did maintain the consistent persona of being someone who was, you know, definitely um, one of Skeletor's more serious uh, evil warriors. I mean, he he picks up He Man. And Driel's return, like one of the few people that picks him up and holds him in his grip for what seems to be a long period of time before he even breaks loose and smacks the crap out of him. Right. But it, but it, it's it's a cool to set the bar that Cloth was someone that can take on He-Man physically and not just someone that gets slips onto banana peel and falls into a you know a, a <laughs> thing of mud or something like that. It's, yeah. And it, and it, 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 it was good too for the fact is is that he just wasn't a bumbling idiot like he was like right. a, a real villain and he was able to take him man on not like the uh you know most of the uh skeletor's uh, evil warriors that just followed skeletor and did his his uh you know his bidding so it was kind of cool that 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 clawful could hold his own and uh had a mind of his own and actually could take him man on yeah, because so you're I, right. I, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, but you're right. They didn't. That's what was cool is they didn't perceive him or write him as that bumbling idiot. Because you know how you know, of course, Skeletor loved picking on Beast Man. I mean, that's always a given. But I mean, even some of the villains that maybe seemed a little more wicked early on started becoming these ones that it seemed like he really didn't respect. And he actually, I mean, Skeletor even referred to Clawful as his right hand man at one point in, in one of those episodes. He called me. He's like, "This is Clawful, my right hand yes. man." Yes, like Castle of Heroes, I think. Yeah, yes. And it's cool to get that acknowledgement. And he never – I mean maybe it did happen somewhere in the cartoon. I'm not sure. But I don't think Skeletor ever spoke to Clawful like he was a moron, like he loved doing to his other people. I mean did he? I mean he might have at some point, but he sure didn't do it a lot. Wow, he actually kind of like spoke to him as kind of almost as an equal, I would say. Maybe not as not maybe not in so many words, but he uh, – I, I think he held them in much more – uh, uh, respect than the other ones, than the other villains, because of uh, because of the power that he held. I mean, you know, he was a big, strong dude, like uh, Whiplash. You know, he 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 was powerful. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Why do you think they did that though for MYP? I mean, for me, that was I think the most upsetting thing because when I, you know, because I mean, Jesus, he was there from the get go, and to see that. Big monstrous guy, and of course, when he fights, it's supposed to be—you know—it's different. Okay, now we're fighting, we're in action. But I mean, don't you wish he would have had somewhat kind of like a little respect, and not that uh, Jeet George, which way did he go? Kind of look. I didn't. I just didn't <laughs> like that. Well, you know, you know, what else is actually pretty cool was the uh, the Game Boy, um, uh, the Game Boy that came the uh, video game that came out was basically uh, clawful. Uh, versus He Man, I believe. Yeah, the it, comic. Yep, that yeah, little the, mini the comic. comic. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they gave him his due respect as a evil warrior. So you know, Clawful was, uh, you know, he was a force to be reckoned with with He Man. So he gets, he gets one sh- like in uh, Council of Evil Part One, like he actually <gasps> stomps on the sword and smacks He Man off to the wall, and then grabs the power sword. And at least for that, he's not talking. He's not doing the it's not working. Thing. It's, you know, and for a brief moment, he's take he's taking like, okay, this is what we, he how he's supposed to be portrayed. And of course, that's short lived, and he's just seen as just kind of 
I, I just hate how NYP felt like, well, we got to have some idiots running around with Skeletor's group, even though they look like monsters that you wouldn't dare, you know, look at, let alone challenge. And with right. like Clawful or, or Drawn is like the biggest and the baddest looking, and they're they're just they have the brain of an ice cube. I just right. and uh. it's so it was so upsetting to see see them because they were portrayed so much more. You know, Whiplash may have had a couple of goofy moments in filmation, but when you first see him, I mean, I think, well, not, I'm always thinking of uh, Betrayal of Stratus is when I first saw him. He's working on his own in that episode, too, essentially, like working for Crawl in the Demon Zone, you know, mm-hmm. alongside yeah. Skeletor, but he's perceived as someone who's more competent and likes to take on He Man one on one and. To see, you know, NYP, yeah, they, the, 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 the character designs look so good, but I, voice acting is what kills that cartoon for me, man. I mean, it, it, more, more than, you know. What, the NYP? NYP, it's, it's it, the voice really? acting for a, lot of, for a lot. I mean, not don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good episodes. <laughs> they improved on characters like Too Bad and Cyclone who were portrayed pretty poorly in the filmation cartoon. But, oh, yeah. But like the voice acting of Evil Lynn and and Whiplash and Beastman after the first episode in Clawford, it was just like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> you know, it's it, and it yeah. has nothing to do with nostalgia. It's like Linda Gary got Evil Lynn's voice right. Lou Scheimer nailed Clawful's voice pretty consistently throughout the whole series, and Whiplash's voice was done great by John Irwin. But the whole like like they're trying to pass you know a, a, a massive and memorable stool when they're trying yeah. to talk and it, yeah. was, it just wasn't fun. Do you think yeah, that maybe well, since beyond him being bumbling, what if he just didn't speak? Not to you know be oh, like my, my favorite kid. Great, I love the idea. Exactly, because I was gonna say that makes me think of my juggernaut who I love outside the world of Masters as Jason Voorhees. This just kind of imposing, <laughs> frightening, big son of a gun that doesn't speak. So maybe if they didn't want Cawful to speak and be sinister like he was in Filmation, instead of that bumbling stuff, just yeah, I think if he would have been just a mute and didn't speak at all, that could have been a little more imposing for the character. I love that idea, like Beastman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I gotta be honest with you though. I I I, I love Stratos's voice in NYP. I think that total they totally nailed that. I I, I just love that uh, Scottish voice that they like gave. Like the Sean Connery feel. Yeah, yeah I, I I totally in love with that. Time. I, I like the voice was fine too. It was just just a few that you know it just took me out of it. Like you know, um, um oh shoot, um, um. Cam Clark, you know, did a good job as Adam and He-Man. Of course, um, what's his name? Um, guy who did Skeletor. Um, gosh, people are going to tear me tear me apart for forgetting his Brian name. Dobson? Brian Dobson. Brian Dobson. Jeez, any other time I'd have remembered it. Everybody, I mean, there were so many good voices overall. Too Bad had a great voice. Cyclone had a great voice. You know, Roboto right. and his Brian, first I think Brian did most of those, actually. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they... they, they uh, yeah, he did a couple of good ones on there, and and for yeah. the most part, the voice acting was very good. King Hiss's voice was good. Squeeze's voice, which was a familiar voice, to kind of sound like something that Frank Welker would have done. But you know, his, his was good. Rattler's was good. Cobra. I mean, there was a lot of good ones. But Eva Lynn was in so many episodes, and I hated her overacting of trying to be so yeah. sinister and oh, I'm so you know seductive and oh, sh- shut up. Put a gag yeah. in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I heard I, the first sound bite. This is gonna sound bizarre to you. I like I told you, I didn't get an actual computer for a real internet for years. So the way is to go online was through my Sega Dreamcast, 
and that was the old dial-up and everything, and everything was slow. And I don't know if it was from a site and where I found the sound bite, but I remember the first time I heard from the new cartoon when you know he heard Adam say, "By the power of Grayskull," and then I have the power. There was no, there was no video, no nothing. It was a sound bite. I mean, I must have listened to it like I don't know a hundred times in a day. It was so cool because I was like, "Oh my God, He Man's coming back!" And it's just funny because you're talking about voice acting and hearing stuff. And when I heard that, I went bananas. But that's how I used to do it back in the old days with the Dreamcast. Yeah, but to me that that he uh, Cam Clock had nothing on John Irwin. No, John Irwin was it's 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 untouchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. John Irwin just like he just 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 the way he did it was just unbelievable. Like it it just you know kind of sends shivers down your your spine when you hear him Commanded. say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Commanding, powerful, and you did get chills when you heard that. It was. I still was do. All- Oh yeah, you still do. You can't help it. It's just it's it's just an impact, and along with the you know the music in the background, some perfect mixture, just you know it makes it awesome. And that isn't just about nostalgia. There is a feeling that you hear from that, comparing to MYP, and then new adventures like when that transformation happened. I mean, I there wasn't a single goosebump on me. I I got some from MYP. It, it still was cool for me. But I remember when new adventures when Adam turned into He Man. I was like. I just it was so yeah. lame and tiresome yeah. and oh great. It's just yeah. you gotta have the music, you gotta have everything right. A lot of first Yeah, that 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 was just a bad transformation scene. That just to me it just with the red background and I don't know, it just it just didn't do what the rest of the one did did for me. I just I was, uh I, I just I, I could have dealt without that, you know, just for the power of Eternia or whatever. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely won't argue that. I mean, as, as an advocate of, of new adventures as I am, I I, I didn't have the um, now that I think about the reaction to the transformation sequences I did, you know, with filmation and MYP, especially the second season of MYP, where you actually see Adam grow like physically, right, was, with the snake armor. Was, well, well, not with the snake armor, but the like the the, the last stand transformation where you see his body grow and then the armor kind of snaps together o- over his body. Like the right. harness kind of comes together. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. it was just a nice, um, I, I really enjoyed That's one, that's my favorite transformation NYP and the snake armor one, much as people love to, to, to crap and dog that outfit. Um, I really like that transformation too. Cause there was, it was actually one, there was, was actually one transformation in, uh, the second series that they only used once which was amazing. I wish they would have used it more than once. Uh, I forget what episode it's in, but it it it, it was really good. I wish they would have used it more than once. Because there was, you're right. There was few. I mean, I, I liked all the ones, but the thing for the snake armor, I just don't know why. For me, it's just, you know, when he changed and then he shoots that claw with his, you know, hand pointing at you and then pulls down and retracts it. It was like so much extra steps to show this outfit. It just, I don't know. It killed it for me. I couldn't get a chill from that one. I know at least it was wasn't a snake hunter, he man though. That very <laughs> yeah. And then what? We'd had to have a net on his back and everything too. Yeah, with his net. Yeah, like he and so he would like fling the net out and then roll it right back up. <laughs> yeah, he rolls <laughs> it up. <laughs> it's your yeah. job. Roll it up, yeah. put it back. 
But it was just it was too many extra steps to me. So I never got into that snake armor transformation. I just kept waiting and praying for the day it would go back to the normal one. But unfortunately, it ended before we could get into all that other good stuff that. You oh know, yeah, just, just like NA, you know, just like uh, the new adventures. If it would have went one more one more season, we would have gotten some great stuff. So. Yeah, and yeah. I think, you know, if they could have – it's it's not knocking New Adventures because, you know, there's a lot of people that completely hate that to death. I mean when I first watched it, like I admit when I seen it on DVD, that's how I first seen it for the first time. I mean it, it did put me to sleep. I'll admit I was going to sleep in about episode two, maybe three. But then the more I watched it, I was like, you know what? It's cool. They all have unique stories. This is interesting. It does get better. But it's a continuation. They, yeah, it's yeah, it's the one because continuity in the series. Yeah, and oh, people yeah. love that. Yeah, people love yeah. continuity. Yeah. I think. Oh, I if, love that. Yeah, if they could have just had impactful music, I mean, that helps so much in a cartoon. I, I think that could have made the transformation better. Maybe even some cool. Just the music we were used to from Filmation. They just had so many different scores that are so familiar and memorable that yeah. we loved, and we oh, couldn't yeah. get that in New Adventures. And it's well, unfortunate. The theme I love for New Adventures. I think it's pretty epic. The opening sequence is pretty cool because the animation is is beautiful with the transformation, and then you see. Heman attacking the Terror Claw and fighting Slughead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, a cool, yeah. Shut around, yeah. That was pretty yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, it may you know be lackluster to watch anything other than that, but that opening sequence at least makes you think, oh my gosh, this is what I mean. Whereas Filmation did have limited uh, uh, time to animate, you know, large sword fights and fit in. in hand-to-hand combat fights and things at least with that it makes it look like he-man's going to be and of course he-man and skeletor did duke it out you know uh one-on-one a couple of times and he-man takes on the uh the the species which oh those mutants man were so cool man karate i just i just want to take this moment to say karate hoove optic flog slush head all those guys Oh, just a wonderful band of villains, man, and they they oh, don't, yeah. they do not get it, especially karate, man. Karate is. I would have, yeah, I that that that's my uh my one wish too is I would have wished that we would have got to see more of karate and what what was he was more capable of, of uh like a one on one like when Blade fought He Man in a movie. I would have loved to see uh more of karate versus He Man in the. They only in, did it a little bit, but it, it's. That, yeah, that, that first time that they uh, that He Man takes on Hoove, Slushhead, and Karate, like he deflects all their their uh, uh, blasts, and it, it just I still get excited when I was five years old and seeing He Man fight all three of these guys at the same time, and I just would, who's that guy? Who's that guy? And I'm like, it was Karate, and it just it was one of those things like, oh, this guy's I've only I only had like a VHS tape of like three episodes kind of morphed together, and that. That one fight just blew my head away when I first saw that when I was a kid. Still does to this day. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, like I'll be honest with you. When I, when, you know, when when MYP went off the air, um, it was a I wasn't day. a fan. I wasn't a fan of NA, and uh, I gave it a shot. I uh, I went into it open minded. I went into it completely not not expecting anything, um, and. Um, I loved it, man. I, I'll be honest with you. The continuity of it, um, from the beginning to the end, the only thing I didn't like about it was was the whole Adam aspect. Uh, there was really no need for Adam because Skeletor. Yeah, they could have cut him out altogether and just kept it. He-Man. Yeah, because Skeletor, Skeletor should have figured it out. Be like, okay, well, He-Man's here and Adam's here. You got to be the same guy. Um, 
other than that, it was a great story. I mean, um, you know, if you if people out there, fans out there, you're not a fan of it, give it a shot, man. Um, watch it from the beginning. Um, buy the series. Don't get the uh, the uh, the set that only has like 20 episodes in it. Yeah. Buy the whole buy the whole set um, and 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 watch it from the beginning to the end, and you're gonna fall in love with it. The last 15 episodes were amazing. Um, and for it to and if it did continue, it would have been even better. I mean, for them to come back to Eternia would have been amazing. It would have been an amazing story. Yeah, yeah, it was, just, yeah. As long as they don't give up, like you said, just don't give up on it. I mean, I fell asleep, like I said, the first time I watched it. But you, you give it more of a chance and just just watch it, let it grow on you, and it's not as bad as you may think it was. Plus, all, all, there's so many great uh, character designs for all, all, like the Galactic Guardians, and that's what they are—not Galactic Protectors. I don't care what the what the, the classics box says; <laughs> those will always be the Galactic Guardians. Right, or what Nihilix got. Yeah. Was there a reason, know? real quick? Do either of you know? Was there a reason they were called Guardians instead of, uh, I mean, Protectors instead of Guardians? Because Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, all, like we lost Battle Fist. Yeah. Due to Kit yeah. Fisto and all that other nonsense. Yeah, Kit so. Fisto and and, and Ratlore and stuff like that. They lost the rights and stuff like that, so they had to change things, change things around. And Scott Knightley had to throw his fucking two cents onto everything, and you know how the story is. Yeah, everybody. So. Related to each other, and their real name is Gary from the House of Elrond, and you know everybody's <laughs> sleeping in each other's beds. And Decker's yeah. related to Clamp Champ because they're you know only two black characters. Oh, how original is that? And, yeah, but yeah, um, I never knew that. I didn't know that about the um, why it was changed. It, I just I couldn't see, even though like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, but it's it's all said in a different text, and you know. Everyone's so nitpicky over stuff today. No one wants to share anything as if like they're losing so much money because Galactic Guardians is printed onto a collector's box for an adult. Right. 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 Bizarre. But But characters like KO and and, uh, Tuscador and uh, uh, Visar and Nocturna, man, just there's a bunch of cool looking guys that hopefully we'll get lucky enough and we'll get to see most of those done in class. Are we getting Darius? Yeah, Darius and Tuscador are coming in the uh, collector's choice line. We are getting them, right? All right, good. Yeah. I'm happy. And let's that. hope it's like I said. Remember a long time ago, I said if we were to get Tuscador, I was like, let that son of a gun have that big Ram Man buff. Let this boy be big. Don't play around. Nothing skinny. Let him have that big kind of a design. And, yeah. and some people, they agreed. They liked it, but they said, no, only Ram Man is supposed to be big. And I was like, okay, but from where? Are you thinking of, uh, I don't know, MYP, where he looked big? I was like, you do realize in the cartoon, he was small. The vintage toy, small, and he springs to look big. So, uh, you know... Yeah, I know yeah in the Filmation cartoon, he was, uh, he was like midget-ized. And I, he was small as hell. Ram, man. Yeah, they think that he's the only one that has that right to be big. So I say just let Tuscador have it. Like a cool guy out there, when I did it, I took a picture of, I think it was my vintage Tuscador, and then Stuart uh, Cameron. 
he took uh, the the Ram Man body, the look of from the classics, and he did some Photoshop to create a look of what Tuscador could look like. And it seemed like fans were getting into it then after they seen. You know, sometimes you got to see something to think about it. But right. let's hope when he's made, we get him that big. Let's hope Sagittar is a that he's a big boy. He needs to be giant. Because they're they're both big in in a cartoon. Tuscador and Sag. I mean, you see them like they're fighting together in the in that first episode, first time you see them. And they're both yeah, I would love Sagittarius. You know, me as a as a classics figure, I would love to see how they how they attack him because he he he's gonna he has to be huge. He's he's got to be gigantic. You know, he. I'd love to see him standing up on two legs, like because in the cartoon, I mean, even with his helmet off, he's towering over the, the Galactic Guard because he's so big. And of course, when he bends yeah. down, he's just oh, so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll cross our fingers that more goodness will come. Well, why don't we, uh, well, Brian, why don't you take a break? You want to take a break real quick? We can come back and discuss something yeah, interesting. Let's do that. Yeah, right. we'll take a commercial break. You're listening to a podcast from popculturenetwork.com. All right, guys, we're back from commercial break. And um, so now we're going to attack the, uh, the first star uh, comic book. Uh, so, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Well, first thing I'll say about it is, it's a quick, little, boring story. Not that. Oh, oh, I didn't mean this. No, wait. I'm sorry. I did not mean the comic was boring. I didn't mean it like that. And it's not boring. I was just going to give you a quick story of how I got this comic. I apologize. That's what I meant by. It. I was going to say, what the heck are you talking you know, about? Like, what? <laughs> no, because you know, some people might think, oh god, here, here goes Joe. But no, this is a cool story. This first issue, it means so much more to me besides the story. You know, inside it was how I got this. Um, I remember me and my mom, we went to a local 7-Eleven. We were going there to get just, you know, some bread and, you know, some other things for the house. Right. And she's going around getting the stuff, and I'm just wandering through the store. There's a comic book rack. And, of course, kids, we go up to comic book racks. And I seen that issue one, Masters of the Universe. I mean, it's plastered. I started going bananas. I'm sitting there, I'm like, Ma, hey, man, hey, man. She's like, what, what? And then she had to come up to me, see what I was talking about. She was thinking it was toys. I was like, Look, they got a He-Man comic, and it, you know, it says seventy-five cents. And I was like, "Can we get it?" And she's like, "Joe, she's like, baby, I'm sorry." She said, "I, I can't get this for you." She was like, "I only got enough money to get the food." And I was like, mm, "Okay, you know, as a kid, you know, you you have to, you know, learn. Okay, you can't get it all, obviously. Right? Like said, we didn't have right. much money, and so she felt horrible. But you know, I I didn't expect her to get it. So she went up to the counter, started paying for the stuff. There was a guy that was in the store, and he heard our conversation. As we're standing up there checking out to get the food, he came up with that comic. And he said, he said, ma'am, he was like, I heard you back there. He's like, can I buy this for your son? You know, I'll, I'll give you the money. You know, I was like, can I get that for him? And she was like, I, I can't take that money. She's like, I can't do that because my mom's real prideful. We all are. We don't feel, you know, feel like, you know, getting a handout. And right. said, please, please, just take take the seventy five cents, please. And she took it, and then she actually started crying and thanked him. And but that's yeah, that's how I got that comic was that way. It was just something I'll, I'll never forget. It was just just a cool moment, you know, a special moment. But yeah, so that was that's how I first got this, and that became a quest. Then every month to go to Seven Eleven, I would just scrape up any money I could find and save it for a month and ride my bike there. But right. this thing was cool because, as you've seen, it's there was a lot going on in that. 
you know, he, yeah. Skeletor trying to keep Hordak from coming back to Eternia because, you know, he sent him away. He's still trying to, you know, keep him away. Can't get enough power, and, you know, to do it because he's starting, like, the, the the spell is starting to break to where maybe Hordak can make it in. So he has right. to get and some... Spells. Exactly. So he needs more power. Where is that power source? Of course, Castle Grayskull. So that's when he gets the Terror Claws. And they're, they're not the Terror Claws that we knew. They look like, you know, gloves, rubber gloves, like he's going to do the dishes. And he called them the, the Terror Claws of Al- Alaka. I don't know if they were trying to do a little homage to Alcala and spell it funny or different. I, I right. don't know what. But he wanted these claws to dig into Castle Grayskull. And do you remember anything from that, Tyler, like how it went from after there? I'm just thinking, like the 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 guy who drew that was probably thinking, I could care less. I don't care if I draw this right or not. I'll just piss off all these little brat kids <laughs> for their star comic pair of claws, rubber gloves. What's the difference here? Just give me my paycheck. Because you know clearly the guy saw what the toys looked like because he drew all the horde members correct, but he can't draw a couple of pointy fingertips on the edge of those purple gloves. It's just like right. the guy was just like, you know what? Screw this, and, and as if we wouldn't notice. It baffled but, even then, yeah. Yeah, but um, um, I, I, where 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 am I going with this, Joe? <laughs> no, pointy fingers. And from his pointy fingers, just like you know the thoughts of you know he gets those gloves. Oh, and you're right. That's the cool thing about this comic. If nobody's read it yet, you know, I mean, just try to pick it up. You get them on eBay real cheap. But oh, yeah. it was the comic. Not all of them, though. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Some might be a little pricey. You can also go to uh, uh what's it, GrahamCrackerComics.com. Yeah, you can get them really cheap on there too. They sell these old ones there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They got them all on there. Oh, didn't know that. Well, that's awesome. Of course, eBay too. I got some of my choice favorites on eBay. Oh yeah. I mean, no, definitely. But that was the good combination about this comic. You felt like you were experiencing the best of everything. They were giving you looks and depictions of toys like the Fright Zone that Skeletor is – I mean I'm sorry, the Snake Mountain that Skeletor is in. It's the toy Snake Mountain. And then you know the Castle Grayskull that's drawn. It looks like the from some of the early art that we've seen a million times, but it's still familiar and cool. You got the Filmation Sorcerers. Then they show the Palace of Eternia, and it looks like – Look, the car- just like Filmation spot on, man. Yeah, it's like – Yeah, Eternals. It was bananas with everything that was there. Then you get jet sleds in there, which were, you know, later on into, you know, the line. And then when they have Tila, Tila is dressed like the goddess. I just thought that everything that was going on in this comic, just it, it felt like it was filling all the bests of everything into one thing. Right. It, it was a great toy advertisement because it, you really felt like because people could knock the stories all they want, but it was to me it was about seeing as many characters as you cram into one story because like with filmation, it's always Teal and Man at Arms and maybe if you're lucky you'll see Whiplash. It was just the same right. kind of the characters. Whereas yeah. this all this is crammed into one comic book and just all 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 and it was cool is that most of the time when they depict the evil horde showing it for the first time, Modulock is not there. But he here here he is in this one. And like his toy. He looks like the yeah. toy Modulock too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, that's what this was. This was a – I mean this – the main story was Skeletor has always been trying to keep Hordak still trapped in in a theory, you know, to where he sent him. And he right. needs power. He wants to get the power from Grayskull. It's, it, Hordak's – you know, the, the hold that's holding him, <laughs> it's getting weaker and weaker. Eventually he does make it here, and that's when you see a fight to where obviously Skeletor is wanting to fight Hordak, and Hordak wants to finally get rid of – 
Skeletor. But it's it's just to see all the horde that come, and the horde that comes feels just again they look more like the toys than filmation. Uh, it, it, the com like I said, just the combination of everything that they're putting into it was cool because I I wanted to go and get my toys and kind of reenact some of the stuff I was seeing because you're not getting the filmation fright zone again, you're getting the toy fright zone, and. I think you guys will understand some of the panels that happen later. Like when they're showing the Fright Zone, you see like one part when He-Man's running. He gets his foot stuck in a stuck rock. In the rock trap, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the rock, the rock trap, yeah. yeah like, like the toy, and of course then here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the snake, the, the big old serpent dragon. It the breaks it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the tree is even there to catch, you know, catch yep. Orko. Yep. Like I said, it had everything in it that you would expect in a comic and plus it had a beginning middle end it wasn't they didn't do the continuity thing not that there's nothing wrong with continuity but sometimes you do like okay here's today's adventure it's over what's going to happen next time because you know orko thinks he brought hordak to uh eternia because he did a spell trying to free zoar i think from the spell of was it from the spell of uh yeah from skeletor skeletor yeah. was holding zoar and then suddenly Orko did a spell, tried to free Zoar, and here comes Hordak. He thought he did it, but Hordak, of course, said that wasn't that little red thing that did it. I came here on my own will. But uh, just like I said, that I liked everything that was going on. But I, yeah, I was just just curious what Tyler you thought of all of it, Brian, just the whole thing that was going on in this comic. See, I kind of I, I, I kind of believe that the Star Comics were more of a a commercial for the toys and the figures. Um, cause they were pretty much spot on with what we got with, with the, with the toys and figures. So I think it kind of went hand in hand with the, with that. It was more of like a commercial for it. It does. It, I could kind of agree with, yeah, I guess I would agree cause most of the ones we were seeing, it was like that. Except when, you know, they did throw in other little things and tidbits that weren't, you know, you know, toy specific, but of course you get that with anything. I think the one thing that unnerved me about the writing of it was when Tila would call man at arms man at arms instead of father. I don't know. Did, yeah. did did you get that all? Or I don't know. I just felt like the writer was just kind of given a simple chore of just here write you know write these character write these toys in a story. He probably didn't, had never watched the cartoon. They probably just gave him a few samples to reference the cartoon since that's what was popular with kids. And you really couldn't expect you know the you know the Star Comics were definitely more targeted towards youngsters as of, as opposed to like the, the mainstream books of Marvel comics at the time were a little bit older, you know, with, with their, their, their fan base. These were definitely targeted towards, you know, five-year-olds, maybe even younger. And they, and they did you like it that the, that this horde that was in here was more based off of the toys than filmation? Would you prefer the filmation or did you like that they did stories revolving around basically kind of the toy versions I, I, like, I like the toys because I, I, you know, even though, you know, a couple of stories like uh, I, I think of issue number 10, I think it is where they, it's, it's the squeeze is working with Hordak and Mosquito. Like it doesn't really bother me the fact that we've got a snake man working with members of the Horde. It's just these are the current toys that are being pushed. And all that matters right. to me is that squeeze, my favorite snake man, is getting some some you know, much advertising time. Right, uh, right. Just, I just, yeah, I just love seeing these characters because this role only lasted just a little over a year, and so they're using a lot of the characters that were being sold towards the end of the toy line, the 86 wave and, of course, right. the 87 wave, and those are characters that 
you know, really just don't get talked about a whole lot, which that's what makes the Star Comics run very enjoyable to me. You get to see appearances of Clamp Champ and Ninja and Blast Attack, Faker. Um, you know, you get the uh, the last two comics, which reference Skeletor's look from the live action movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right. When what? Skeletor, what is it? Skeletor dies, or yeah, he man dies. He man dies. He, Skeletor yeah. lives, or here lies yeah. he man, and Skeletor lies. He man lives. That's, that's the right, 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 right. And of course, good, Joe's good. favorite issue number two, which was the first time I discovered the Star Comics line, which brings in the Meteorbs and the Rock Warriors. We want to talk so about I, them someday too. Yeah, that, that was that was my introduction to Star Comics in. The big, well, the, probably the biggest thing that I, that I took away from that comic, which is in the first issue, and it was it was like a, a way of saying Tyler, there's more out there because I was in elementary school at the time, and it was sold in a three pack of random comics at a at a local food line. Oh, really? Uh, but, yeah, that that's how I found it. Like I just, it was in a three pack of Marvel comics, and I just happened to look down and see comic books for sale, and I saw that was my first time seeing it, and I had no idea that existed because this was way before the internet. And uh, and I saw that painted ad for the Filmation cartoon with 32 bold new adventures. The legend continues. It was for season two. Oh, and yeah, it was it's, like it's Cyclone and they're all behind each other. Auto Strider yeah. line yeah, up on one yeah. side, too bad, Webster. And, and at that point, I'd only seen parts or a few episodes of season two. And that told me that Roboto, Mossman, Cyclone, too bad, and, and – uh, well, I had seen Whiplash and Webster by that point, but it, it told me that in, in Stridor that they were all featured in the cartoon. Right. And at that point, you know, this is the early 90s or maybe even mid-90s, and all I could see was what was on VHS. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, these characters are featured in cartoons somewhere. How am I going to find these? And, you know, eventually I would. But it was such – it was a it was a great way of saying there's more out there. There's more He-Man stuff out there that you have not seen, and it's, it's – you know, you will get to see it at some point. So it was just a big tease for me to see that these characters were featured in that beautiful painting. I mean, to, to this day, that's one of the best pieces of He-Man artwork that's ever been done, that which was featured in those Star who, Comics, man. Who who actually who drew that? Was that Earl Norm? Or it looks like that, Earl Norm, but I don't. It does, I, right? Yeah, There's just no like, credit, is there? I mean, did they yeah, ever? Have, I don't. I don't think there is credit on that uh-huh. one. And it looks like his, but it, it just there's something it's different. Too, where you it's t- too, it's too um, like He Man looks too. He has a very distinctive, like well drawn face. Not that Earl Norms wasn't, but it's a very um, it's it's hard to hard to explain. It's a very yeah, it's, distinctive face. Definitely, like I so said, the it details could actually are, be Errol McCarthy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it could be. I mean, or it could just be absolutely just some other different artists. We maybe just yeah, have never know. Tell you so many artists over the years to draw He-Man. It's hard to say who did it. Yeah, because it's yeah. a different painted style. I always love that painted style look. And I, of course, with the ad you're talking about, I remember they had Web Store in the back. It always confused me that he was green. Is it green. I was like, yeah. what's going on? What's At first, I always kept saying, "Who is that? Who is that guy?" And I was like, "Oh, wait a second, that Web Store." But for some reason, he's green. But I, yeah, I do remember that. And they, even in that, they even were advertising about, you know, She-Ra's on her she way. She-Ra was in there too. They had an ad for that, I, which I had never seen before until I saw that second issue of Star Comics. Yeah, yeah it was the power. So cool. yeah, yeah, man. It was just cool it, to see because I, I had not, not seen any advertising like that for, for any of the series because by that point, you know, as I told Joe and I'm, I'm sure I told Brian, I, I, I was much younger when the series had pretty much died over. So I just, anything I could find, it was a big deal to me because I had just never seen it before. 
And what do you think, Brian? Like when Skeletor is, <laughs> when he's digging at the bottom of Grayskull. I mean, not sound nuts, but I mean, was he planning on digging his way into Grayskull, like underneath and clawing? Because he's he's clawing like a dog at the the base yeah. of Grayskull. It's just I don't know. Yeah, I think he's trying to get his way in because I don't think he can get his way in through the uh, through the uh, through the through the door. So I think he's just trying to get in any way he can, and that's where the uh, the terror claws are coming into play. And he's trying to get in, I guess you know, on the ground somehow. But uh, that pretty much didn't go that way either. So they're just basically, it was their cheap way of kind of like just trying to, like you said, if they were doing a lot of toys, just throw in the terror claws. Because, right. I mean, it, see, it's the thing is, it was so hyped at the beginning when he was talking about what he was going to use to get into the castle. And you see him doing it, but of course then when He-Man comes and here comes a horde, it's like it's over. It never kept going. Not that I was expecting, of course, him to make it into there, but I, I would have liked to maybe even at least seen him try to do a, a fight with him, something. You know, it, just, it was just, it was too quick. They they built up those claws right at the beginning, and then he uses them and takes those rubber gloves off later. And that because that's all remember that's what they look like when he's taking them off too. And well, just, if he did it, use them, he'd have to take them off and smack Hordak in the face because he really I like, challenge, I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, I challenge you to a duel. and they gave they gave Leech what, what was cool is Grizzlor when he was told to attack Skeletor, and of course Skeletor just blasts him back like nothing. I did like how Leech snuck up from behind and put his suckers on on Skeletor's yeah. head, and he's draining Skeletor's power. And, you know, Skeletor can't believe the the unbearable pain, and he wants it to stop. And of course, He Man's fighting Grizzlor at the time, and he's like, you know, oh my god, do I have to actually, you know, help Skeletor too? And you know, he wants to help Skeletor, and no matter, like I said, that's what's cool is no matter what happens, he always still wants to help him. And of course, Skeletor doesn't want no help. You know, he doesn't want the help from He-Man. He wants to, you know, stop Leech and do things himself. You know, Mantana takes an a I-beam shot at them. He-Man ducks, hits Leech. But that's what I, it still never ends is when Skeletor, when he needs help, he still doesn't want no help from He-Man. He wants things to be done by himself. Right. Well, I think it's the whole power of uh, the whole struggle of good and evil. You know, he doesn't want the... He doesn't want help from anybody good. He wants to do things on his own because, you know, he's the menacing, uh, 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 devious demon, and uh, he's trying to do things his own way. Now, when Hordak – and I I could agree with that. I do agree with that. Now, you see in this one, Hordak shoots He-Man, you know, uh, Orko, and even his own minions – to the fright zone. He uses a spell that sends him to the fright zone so he can fight Skeletor one on one. Where I've heard this said before, I think it was mentioned somewhere, I could be wrong. This fright zone, was it supposed to be on Etheria in this issue, or was it supposed to be somewhere weird and unknown on Eternia? Because I thought I've heard that before where they said the fright zone that we see in these comics or something aren't even supposed to be Etheria. Was that ever really stated, or am I cracking up? I think for the um, most part, they they portrayed this fright zone in most, like even in the mini comics, is it's in another, it's on, you know, Etheria or another dimension. Yeah, is not mentioned. Yeah, I, I would agree with Tyler with that one. I, I yeah, I, I I would say that that uh, it's not on Eternia. I think it's Etheria or you know some other place. Okay, it had me curious because I couldn't remember if I thought I heard someone say it before, and I didn't know if it was an issue of something I missed. Because I, when He-Man wanted to break out, you know, he breaks out of the Fright Zone. He's trying to, you know, go back to Castle Grayskull. 
but he doesn't know where to go or how he's going to get there. So that's what's cool. Orko, you know, who everybody always wants to pick on is not doing anything. He uses his magic to send them back, and they do make it back to Eternia to where they, again, have to stop, you know, Skeletor and Hordak's fight that's going on. But I just – I always got confused with that whole Fright Zone element. So when they do get back, you know, here comes Man-at-Arms, here comes Teela. They're on the jet sleds, which is showing a couple of them. Man-at-Arms gets blasted out of the air. He-Man catches Man-at-Arms. And basically then, yeah, He-Man uses his power. I think he uses his power sword to zap Hordak, and Hordak kind of fades away. But, of course, saying something, obviously, yeah, he's going to come back, or you ain't did nothing. And then Skeletor didn't even want the aid. He didn't want help, and then he just disappears, basically threatening him, saying you should have stopped me when you got a chance. I guess if you want to just get the gist of it, is that what he pretty much was saying? Yeah, pretty much. And I, I like the, the – I mean, we, we got a few samples of them teaming up where it's, it's not so much um, – him saying, I, you know, I don't want your help, but it's it, it maintains the character is not going to turn good or we're going to feel sympathetic towards him or any other monotonous, you know, morality tale with Skeletor. You know, it's he continues to stay evil, even in the more, you know, um, uh, light and fluffy stories, if you want to call it that, you know, where they're, yeah. they're a little bit more lighthearted, but they maintain that there's nothing friendly or, or forgiving about this character. And, and that's what was great about all all three factions of He-Man villains: the Snake Man, the Horde, and the Evil Warriors. They're all bad, and until you know the end of time, they're always portrayed as anything, nothing more than we want power, we want to kill, we want to take out He-Man, we want everything. It's nothing but consistency, and that and it's that that's something you can always say about how these characters are always portrayed. There is nothing. Um, at least for the most part, there's a few questionable pieces of media we don't have time to get into right now where I could, you know, chew that apart. But um, at least this wasn't. Yeah, this wasn't. At least this issue, you know, and the horde of trade is a threat, and I love that about this. Yeah, story, that when they 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 really push the horde when those toys are introduced, even in the commercial, that this is the biggest new threat, man. And they they push they they really push that. Even the fright zone where they're talking about. No one's ever gotten out of here alive. Like maybe Hordak will keep us alive too. Like even the Horde members themselves are concerned about being trapped in the fright zone because anybody right. who's been trapped in there doesn't come out alive. It's it's building that fun up for a child that's playing at the fright zone that everybody gets eaten, you know, or something like that. In the <laughs> and it's not zone. silly awesome. either. That's no, what the, no. that's the cool aspect. Yeah, of no, this no, yeah. no. It, 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 it's being serious. You know, it's it's a serious. Uh, uh, threat, you know, to uh, you're not getting out alive. You know, you're you're pretty much trapped. You're stuck, and you're not, you know, you're not escaping. Or as Brian would like, say, we're not getting the hell out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I like it that we didn't have. I mean, I in the cartoon, I loved Hordak when he transformed a lot of different things, but I kind of got into the back to being magic. Hordak, you know, the one that, well, if Skeletor's doing magic, why wouldn't Hordak be doing it too? But you do get it in this one. In fact, I don't know if they did it as, if it was inadvertent on purpose, but earlier in the comic, you see Skeletor when he uses magic and blasts Grizzlor. You know, Skeletor's standing there in this pose and both, you know, holding both his hands out in front of him and shooting, boom, this energy and blasting back Grizzlor. Then later in the comic, after He-Man gets back to Eternia with Orko and all them, when they arrive, you see Hordak blasting Skeletor with energy in that same exact pose that Skeletor did. 
I mean, I'm sorry that, uh, yeah, that Skeletor did to Grizzlor. Did you guys notice that? I didn't know yeah. if that was inadvertent or you think they maybe were trying to say since he learned from Hordak, that's how he's doing it. I, I, I really don't ha have the poses memorized, but I, I know the scenes you're talking about. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, actually. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I agree with you, Joe. Do you prefer the the magic, uh, Brian? Do you prefer the magic kind of wielding Hordak, or did you get more used to the filmation? You prefer that? I know some people say I like them both, and yes, I well, like. Well, I, I I like the uh, I like the magic part of uh, of of a Hordak. The scientific version is all right, but the, the the magic is is way better. I mean, it's just there's just so much more to it, especially in the MYP cartoon. The, uh, That's straight the, up the, black magic and sorcery with that horde. Yeah, yeah, the, the the well of darkness and everything else that goes with it. It's just so much better. Man, and what we could have had with that Hordak too. Oh God, if we could have got another season of that. But oh, yes, yeah. And so yeah. that was the gist of that story. I mean, it introduces the horde, gets right to it. You see a lot of yes things that were toys that we're film, you know, familiar with. But then you did get filmation, you know, in influence, and you also got, like I said, when you got Tila. I thought, for some reason, I always liked that design. I thought it was cool that you got Tila that we knew from the warrior goddess look of Tila compared to the one in filmation. It was just the strangest mix of everything, but it worked for it. Yeah, because that was a look that was pretty much disregarded, you know, pretty in in, in most of the canon after the first you know run of like Golden Books and Tila, you know, is pretty much how she looks in filmation. Even in the mini comics and and other uh, forms of media, she's drawn with her tiara and her hair up in a bun and got something up her butt or something like that. You know, that's um that's the Tila that we've all come <laughs> to know and love or hate, however you want to look at it, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool to see that kind of reference because we didn't get much of that later on in the series. Yeah, I I, I just wish that she would have been more uh, more forward with the uh, the captain of the guard and exactly. more serious and uh, you know forward as a you know more of a bitch of a character. <laughs> you know, you know that's 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 where I would have liked to see her. Uh, you know, uh, you know as a captain of the guard, man. You know, you're 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 you. you you gotta. You're uh, act like an adult, you know. Like yeah, Larry, you know, you, you're in a serious position of, uh, of, uh, you know, taking care of the of attorney of Eternia, Eternios, Eternos, or whatever, and uh, you know, you're you're in charge of making sure that uh, nothing happens to uh, to uh, the king and queen. So, you know, that that's 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 the uh, tealer I always wanted. And it could have been a perfect combination if we could have got from the Tila that was like, you know, in the DC comics, you know, when she was blonde, you know, and, you know, wore a different type of outfit. But she was in command and she wasn't kind of like whiny. It's just if they could have had that character's mentality with the Tila look of filmation, you know, it could have made that character even, you know, more special because she – Always hated, you know, like, uh, you know, she loved picking on Adam. You know, of course, Adam yeah, always had always played, busting yeah. his balls, man. It just drove me nuts, even as a child. I was like, some, I was like, yeah, you know. Too whiny, always, like you said, on his case. And I just, I know they have to have that kind of back and forth banter. I can understand it for a cartoon. But I wish it could have been so much different because she could have been. I, I, I think that that was more or less of her 
giving him crap for being so laid back and not being the prince who he was supposed to be, you know? Sure. Um That's what I think it was. Yeah, because she was but, even picking on him in this one. Didn't she do it too, where she was still like half- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She picked on him in every, in, in, in every aspect, in, in, in every- uh, and and no matter what it was, in in every aspect of every of He Man, she, she was always on his ass. She basically could have killed him in this one too, because they're they're jousting. I don't know what fifty feet in the air on sky sleds or jet sleds or something, and and I think she knocks him. Yeah, she knocks him well, off. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that MYG cartoon, yeah. No, and, and even in this too. I mean, yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, maybe that's. Oh, I bet you that's it. I never thought of that. Good, good one. I think they might have got something, maybe a little feel from this, or maybe influence. Because I mean, he was falling to his death, and Orko said he wanted to. That's my phone. You like that? That's that's live right there. But um, fans calling because they're pissed off by all this Tila bashing. Yeah, they don't <laughs> like the Tila bashing. But yeah, falling to his death, and Orko wants to do something nice to save him, and of course, nice turns to ice, but. Yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy. I was like, wow, you just knocked him off, and he could have been dead there. Yeah, that's, cool. that, that's Linda Gary uh, calling, yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did so much great, man, but it, it, it's not her fault because the voice of Taylor was good. It's just the simple fact that she's she she's jealous of Adam, like flirting with other women, and she doesn't want him to have any kind of joy. She's constantly busting his balls over this and saying he doesn't yeah. do that. And, and uh, it's just, you know, they, she doesn't act like, what you'd expect from someone who has the title of captain of the guard. It's always, right. you know, Hey, can I come to Dan? He's like, no, stay here and take care of the stool softener. I just invented or something like <laughs> that, and, you know? And then she's like, I'll show you guys. And, you know, she right. just shows up, maybe saves the day or she gets caught because she's an idiot. Right, right, right. I just, and because he man has so many strong females in the show. I mean, with the sorceress and, and evil both played by Lyndon Gary. And Queen Marlena, they're all so many competent and well-developed female characters. And Tila just seems to have always – people love Tila. I mean she's a prominent character, but man, I swear it's the, the, the character – I always felt it was me. It's like am I the only one who just hates how this character is portrayed because she's so unlikable? Yeah, no, nah, she the, the way that they portrayed her was bad. She was good in the DC comics. I kind of yeah. liked her in there. She was good in some of the mini comics, but uh, the whiny and the um, the 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 childness. It's just uh, it was just a little too much. Now she was good it, in the '87 movie, a little hot headed, which is what we kind of expect. But she's not um, she's right, not giving right. He-Man a lot of crap. No, no, no. She was actually really portrayed well in uh, the '87 movie. Yeah. I like the way that they portrayed her in that very well. And she was hot, too, man. Christina, Christina Pickles, man. I, I mean, geez, she was on the way. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Christina I, uh, Pickles was the sorceress. That, that's, dear, Chelsea Field. Man, I could just kill there you myself go. So, so bad, man, for screwing. I don't screw up my 87 movie facts, man. I just, I, just, I just got don't recorded here for everybody to hear, Christina man. Christina Pickles and What's-A-Face were both in Friends years later. You know that, right? I try, I try to forget that, that that show even exists. Yeah, me too, but it's just it's weird. That <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm aware that they united on that abomination of a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, wow, poor friends. Oh, no. <laughs> no but that is something yeah, that they would both yeah, be in that. I but yeah, maybe Brian bashing that show. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you might. <laughs> well, someday in the future, like I said, if we get a new cartoon, maybe they'll 
give her a good, uh, I don't know, they'll portray her in a different way. Maybe a good mix of both. Like, a, like if you're going to do a wine in, okay, a little wine here and there, but not always like that. Not, oh, you know, too obnoxious. Just a good combination. Same thing with the movie. Get a movie. I mean, I prefer, like I said, the DC kind of look and feel of the blonde Tila. But even if they did do her as oh, a yeah. redhead. Yeah, yeah. If the, they, blonde, yeah. the blonde Tila is so much better. Yeah. So and if they did put her, you know, in a, as a redhead or or anything, and they want to put her hair up, sure, fine. But just yeah, don't give her the whininess. You got to avoid that if they're going to do Tilo. So no, you never give us the blonde Taylor with the hair, with the tiara in the hair, and and a personality where she kind of will cut him and uh, Adam every now and then for for you know running or asking where he's at and that he wasn't showing up in battle, but not always looking for a reason to just bring him down all the time. It just uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I almost feel like Taylor. Maybe she's not getting enough or something like that. <laughs> yeah, she's probably not. She's probably not getting. She's probably not getting girls. what she wants from Adam. That's probably what it is. Yeah, because he's always flirting with all these other girls, and she's like, "Man, Adam never puts out with me. What's his problem? Because <laughs> you're always on my butt all the time, woman." <laughs> Shoot. Oh man. Well, that was a good one, man. So what you say, Brian? Gonna wrap her up. All right. Yeah, it was a good episode, guys. I mean, uh, I had fun. Um, it was a good episode, and um, so uh, thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Joe. Yep, yep. Thanks for having me back, guys. And um, just like to uh, say uh, again, if you have a guys, uh, anybody out there, if everybody wants uh, a figure or anything made, go to uh, Joe Amato Custom Creations. Uh, you know. You can uh, intrigue, ask questions, and maybe he can help you make something. Um, always check out popculturenetwork.com, uh, fansofpower.com uh, for this and past episodes. Um, you can check out the uh, 80s Masters Facebook page. Uh, you can check out the uh, All Encompassing Facebook page and uh, all the other Facebook pages that I'm forgetting and everything else that I'm forgetting. Uh, there's plenty of them. There's a lot of them. And if they, if they want to give us any of their feedback on, you know, what we said in the show, and if they have a favorite version of Tila Clotho, they can always let us know at any of those, like you said, any of those pages. Because I'd like to hear what they have to say. I didn't even get to talk about Clash of Arms version of Clawful, man. Hey, well, real quick, Clash of Arms Clawful. Oh, no, you, you, you done took it away. You guys are wrapping the show up here. Man. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's go. Let's go. Let's and, go. Yeah, that was a quick comic. You could still do that. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I just uh I just I just love how he's um kinda leading the charge of Eva Warriors and they're all taking out Fisto and, and Stridor and they capture him and and to see him go hand you know, one on one with Fisto in the arena of doom and just mm-hmm. beating the crap out of Fisto, tearing up his outfit, smacking him yep. around and and just see him as you know, like we were talking about information, but is is a very physical threat. Physical uh, and leading the way, like you said, he was leading the way where he was, you know, telling what was it, Web Store and Jitsu, Web Store and Triclops. You know, hey, yeah. you guys go for right. Fisto, we'll get the horse. I just well, uh, now, listen. now, now I remember now Joe asked me what my favorite version of Clawful was. Now, Tyler, what is your favorite version of Clawful throughout the years? The the vintage one, like even though his 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 uh, outfit is drawn differently. The one Full from, exclamation. The, well, no, the uh, uh, the the vintage figure of Clawful is draw, is drawn. I mean, his, his look is different than it is in Clash of Arms. Like his armor 
is like okay. a, a red, red and, and brown kind of striped upper body look. Okay. But, um, the 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 original Clawful, which you could say from the original toy line slash mini comic, that has always been my definitive Clawful. It's he looks just like a uh, just the I, I would always hold him in Jitsu as a kid as like the best of the bad of Skeletor's crew because of that mini comic because they're just right portrayed as such strong, um, very like, uh, yeah, the imposing. Yeah, yeah, the they're impos- yeah, they're imposing threats, and again, that's what disappointed me about the MYP, but you're right, like in that clash of arms, he's leading the way to do what has to be done. When finally Fisto was thrown in that arena, Clawful's the first to battle him, slashes him with his claw across his chest, you know, of course, yes, then Fisto eventually will get the best of him, but he's not bumbling, he's not stupid, and his portrayal... He's trying to kill him. Yeah, he's going. He's going after him. You're right. Uh, he, and then he, there's more of that blood and guts that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean that 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 is, and that's what makes that one the best mini comic, in my opinion. I mean, I know everyone loves. They had their favorites, but that one is nothing but fighting, hand to hand, fist fighting. I mean, Fisto, you know, smacking. I mean, like punching Jitsu, knocking him down, and then Whiplash is about ready to kill Fisto before He Man comes in and shoots a guy in the head. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just so awesome, dude. It's not yeah, fist yeah, fighting. It's a, it's a great the comic. title alone. Yeah, from it's the beginning great. to the end. it's You're right, there's action from the beginning to the end of that. It's just go, go, go. And that is another one. Like you said, He-Man wasn't prominent in that. you never seen him transform to add him into He-Man. Eventually, he just shows up. And, and Strider calls Strider. on that, too, which I like, I like that idea. Yeah, he shows up with him, and he has a, a gun. That's what he's doing. He's blast. He uses a gun to blast and never uses a sword. So it was it was different for that aspect. He Man wasn't the main hero. Didn't revolve around him. It was around Fisto and all these other villains, basically. So Joe, what about um, what's your favorite version? <sighs> yep, I'm gonna have to pick. I will pick one. I'm not gonna say I like them all. I do have to pick one. I don't know why I like the filmation one, just because of the design and from again. I mean, he did seem like he's serious with what he was wanting and trying to accomplish in all of them and even eventually hoping to overthrow Skeletor just his his mentality that he has along with you know things that he could do but I like right. the design I always wish that they had a figure that looked like that and not that I hated the toy one. yeah I mean yeah again yeah yeah you're right but not that I hated the vintage toy because I love that and I love the claw feature but I don't know just something about his look and it's a shame that MYP didn't have the the way he was portrayed in filmation because I think I would have said MYP would have been my favorite if he would have right. had the way he acted in the filmation cartoon. So with that being said, I'd say filmation. Okay, that's very yeah, that's good. Uh, we all we all seem to uh, to agree to disagree on uh, our favorite uh, versions of them. Sure, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. all so. Right. Uh, so we'll leave off of that. Again, I'd just like to say that, you know, this is the uh, the only weekly uh, dedicated podcast to everything from He-Man to she and everything in between. We'll be here again next week. Again, check out uh, pop, popculturenetwork.com, fansofpower.com. Just want to say rock on, guys. Have a powerful day. And good journey, guys. Good journey, guys.